Hey, what's up guys? Josh Rivera here, Josh Shock episode number six. In this podcast, I'm documenting my journey through entrepreneurship so you guys can learn from my wins and my losses. Look, today is a very, very important episode. It's probably the most important video that I've recorded so far for this YouTube channel. So let's jump right into it. Do not get distracted by the shiny objects. What I mean by the shiny objects are the new fads and the new trends to make new money in today's society, right? It seems like there's these new trends and new fads that are popping up every single day. What I mean by this, if you're trying to scale your business, you're trying to grow your business, when things start getting difficult, don't just hop over to a new business that your friend's doing and know he's making money. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm guilty uh, of this when it, when it comes to that, when it's dropping the business and going to something else, but I'm very guilty of, I hate leaving money on the table. I absolutely hate it. So if I'm zeroed in on this business and I'm trying to build it as fast as possible, um, and someone offers me this opportunity on the side, and in my mind, I convince myself that, yeah, I don't have to spend that much bandwidth, you know, it's worth a couple grand or, you know, a couple, however much money it is, I can convince myself that might as well just put a little bit time into it so I can make a little money. And it's the definitely the wrong way of thinking, right? So I just got back from Vegas a few days ago. I went to Ryan Pineda's mastermind um, in Vegas. Ryan Pineda is just a real estate investor out of Vegas. He scaled his business to, to eight figures, I'm pretty sure now, over the last four to five years, and then have started another five, um, seven to eight figure businesses as well. Um, and I was sitting there and I knew this in my mind, right? I knew that I'm not, I never was someone to start a business and then just hop to something else immediately. But I definitely spent around six to eight months on something and then went to something else. Or I would spend all my time doing something for, for a year, but I also have something on the side to bring in cash flow. And I'd convince myself I needed the money when in, in hindsight I didn't, right? So I was sitting in this conference and I was listening to Alex and Layla Hermosi speak, right? Because they're speaking at this conference here in Vegas. And Alex's whole hour um, presentation was on don't get distracted by the shiny objects. All these people, right? The whole presentation, the whole message she was trying to get across to us was if your business is not pulling in three to $5 million a year, there's no reason to be pursuing any other ventures. Zero reason. Zero reason, even if you're leaving money on the table, which I always put through my mind, right? Leaving money on the table. But when you're leaving money on the table, you have to think about the opportunity of cost that you're leaving on the table when you're not going all in on one thing. Trust me, I know from experience, and I'm sure if you know you guys are in entrepreneurship and, and have st tried starting a business, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. And it's different if you have expenses and you don't have a bunch of capital on the side that you can pay these expenses with, especially if you're in a business that's not making any money. So I understand you have to take on extra work and cash flow. I understand that if you have expenses. But I know there are people listening to this that are in this similar situation where they have different business ventures and one of them they know they want you know, to focus on over time. But the only reason they have this second one around is because in the short term, it brings in a little bit of cash, but they don't actually need the cash. And if they spent 100% of their focus towards that main business, they would scale so much faster and make so much more money in the long run. So Alex's full presentation at um, Pineda's event was you cannot get distracted. And he speaks about, you know, everyone says online, every single millionaire has seven streams of income. And 
most of them are passive. Number one, there's no such thing as passive income. Passive income is bullshit. There is always, income is always somewhat active, right? So if I have seven streams of income, say I have uh, NFT project, I have you know my digital marketing agency, I rent my car on Turo, I run an Airbnb, I run, um, you know, I do crypto trading on the side. Like, people say they have seven, um, whatever, you get what I'm saying. They have seven, I don't know, I'm just brain farting right now. It's way past my bedtime, actually. And the only reason I'm staying up is because I have a meeting here with someone in Germany that time zones are all wonky. Um, but seven streams of income, right? It's, it's both, like, you have to get to three to five million at least in, in your one business before you can venture off, right? When you see these eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, for example, Ryan Pineda, he spent four to five years just on real estate investing before he started his accounting company, before he started his coaching, before he started his Web3 business, right? So what you have to do, and I haven't scaled to three to five million, right? This is just me documenting my journey, and this is me... Um, researching and watching what all the big guys in, in the space are doing, right? They scaled to three to five or maybe even more. And then once they built the business, put the sweat equity into the business for three to five years, then they can hire an operator that can run this business, not for them, but can mostly, you can detach yourself from the business at least a little bit. And this frees up enough bandwidth to start another venture, right? But you need to put the sweat equity in. You need to put the work and the time in. The three years at least, scale it to three to five million. Then you can start something else. For example, Pineda, he did the five years, right, with his investing, and then he has like seven other businesses now. But you have to put in that initial three to five. And so many people think, my good friend, super smart guy, I'm gonna bring him on the podcast. Um, he has multiple ventures, he's doing uh, he'll explain it when I bring him on. But he has multiple ventures, and they're all really good ideas. And he'll make a fuck a, a shit ton of money on each single one of them. And he's really smart, so he's gonna make it either way. But in his mind, he put so much time to each one of these ventures, and none of them have made money yet. He just wants to wait to see which one will take off the fastest. And sadly, that's what a lot of people think. That's what I used to think as well. That's not the way to do it. You just really have to cut everything else out, pick one, and hammer it down. Hammer it down. Cash flow. So, I don't know. I just threw in the buzzword of cash flow there. It wasn't really applicable, but whatever. You get what I'm saying. So, let me tell you an example of how I, this is so applicable to me, and, and how I'm so guilty of this, right? So, I've been telling you guys, I've been building out this agency for around a month now. Um, lead generation for real estate investors, right? So I've been running out, uh, building out this agency and a few of my good friends from, from LA and from Vegas, a lot of these entrepreneurs have been doing something called ERC, right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, employee retention credits. I'll go through it really quick because it's honestly a really good hustle for you guys that are watching that aren't really making money right now and want to get into some kind of online business, and just want to make money. This is a, a very, very solid option. So my friends came to me and said, bro, have you heard of ERC? I'm like, no, what's ERC? So employee retention credits. The government funded different COVID relief, right? For businesses that got shut down or affected during COVID. So 
for example, you guys are all familiar with the PPP loans, EDD, whatever it was, right? So I'm pretty sure the government funded PPP for 250 to 300 billion dollars, but that's a loan, right? So you have to pay that back to the government. But alongside, um, alongside PPP in the CARES Act, they funded something called ERC, Employee Retention Credits. And they funded uh, ERC for 250 to $300 billion as well. But during the Trump administration, if you applied for PPP, you couldn't apply for ERC. But now under Biden, you can now apply for the ERC even if you applied for the PPP. And even better, ERC is a grant, it's a tax break. So you don't have to pay anything. It's free money for businesses that were affected by COVID. Now, affected by COVID is very, very broad. Very, very broad. This can mean your pipeline, your, your supply chain was slowed down. You lost revenue. The only businesses that really blew up during COVID was like e-com and maybe digital marketing. But if you're in any kind of brick and mortar business, anything, if you couldn't have in-person meetings, like they are not strict on people getting qualified, you will qualify. But the qualifications are, um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's 2020 and the first three quarters, 2021, if you had five or more employees on W-2, if you're paying them throughout and your business got affected, right? Very broad by COVID. Each one of these businesses qualifies from 10 to $28,000 per employee. Now, you might think it's a scam, this is crazy, blah, 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 look it up online, go up CARES Act, look it up on the IRS website, it's very, very real, right? So if you have a business of 100 employees that were on W-2 during that time period in 2020 and 2021, you're at least gonna get paid out as long as you qualify for that 100 employees, $10,000 employee, that's at least a million dollars of tax break. Free money, absolute free money, right? So. The way people are taking advantage of this is that there's groups of CPAs, groups of accountants that are reaching out to these businesses and telling them, hey, we realize that you guys qualify for ERC. Are you familiar with what ERC is? Do you know what that is? It's free money for you. And you haven't, um, you haven't submitted your documents for it. Do you even know about it? And they offer the service of submitting those forms because obviously submitting forms to the IRS submitting for something like ERC, you don't want to fuck it up. You don't want to get on the IRS's bad side. You don't want to get audited. It's just a huge mess. So these CPAs go to these um, businesses and say, look, we'll file the documents for you. Once you get paid, we're going to take 20% on the back end. But it's free money. We ask for nothing up front, just your entity name, number of employees, blah, 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 so, and, and a few forms so we can submit the documents. And then for us doing all the work, you just give us 20% on the back end. Easy deal for the businesses, it's free money, right? But the way individuals like you or me, but not me anymore, but you or me make money is these groups of CPAs, they give out referral codes. So if I call up, say I have a buddy that owns a business that had whatever, uh, uh, sneaker re reselling business, he had five employees, or say he had 100 employees during COVID um, on W-2s. I call him up, hey bro, did you get ERC yet? Did you apply? He has no idea what it is. That's 100 employees. Say, that means he's gonna qualify for a million dollars. These CPAs take 20% of that. So the CPA cut, the middleman cut is 200 grand. 
Now, the CPAs pay out 10% to the referral partner. So I would be the referral partner because I'm putting this business in touch with the CPA. So I would get 10% of that 20%. I get 2% of the million dollars, um, whatever that is. I can't do math right now. It's, it's too late for me. Um, I don't know why I didn't know that was $20,000. That's ridiculous. Anyways, $20,000. That's not bad at all, right? So you can really build out a business here where you can scrape a bunch of lists online for a bunch of people that applied for PPP. And you know if they applied for PPP, they know what COVID relief is, and there's a good chance they didn't apply for ERC because it wasn't available during the Trump administration. You scrape the list, you put in their CRM, and then you get like 10 cold callers just to dial phones all day and try to set up appointments. The best thing is you don't even have to close. All you have to do is set up a, a discovery call with the CPAs in the business. Literally a Calendly link, right? And you collect that percent in between. Also, if you bring anyone on below, you get like a 5% cut as well, but it's one tier. It's not a, you know, it's not a pyramid scheme if it was like a million tiers. It's just one tier under you, you get 5% um, from that person's referrals. So, in my brilliant head, I was like, yeah, I'm building out this agency, but this is a lot of money on the side. I'm leaving a lot of money on the table. That's what I thought in my head. You guys saw, I mean, if you're watching these videos, you definitely, um, you probably follow my Instagram. You guys probably saw, I put, you want to learn sales? You know, I'll coach you up, blah, blah, blah. I'll teach you how to use a CRM. Bunch of people hit me up. I had a bunch of people on standby. I had my buddy scrape a list, imported in the CRM. I optimized the CRM, perfect for the cold callers. I talked to all the people, wasted so much time. And they're about to start ringing the phones. I had everyone ready to go. I just had to record two more looms, looms on how to teach people and, and set up one more uh, cold call script. And I thought to myself, holy shit, man. These guys aren't experienced in sales. I'm gonna have to spend so much time calling them, listening to their calls, making, you know, I can't believe I've even spent the five hours that I spent setting this all up. But in my mind, I didn't want to leave money on the table. And after watching Alex's presentation and all these people, the whole conference, every single speaker was talking about the same thing. If you want to make real money, you have to just choose one thing and, and hit it really hard and not worry about anything else, nothing. So I thought in my head, what the fuck am I doing? So I, I called my buddy up, he was my partner that I was doing it with. I was like, dude, I'm out. You can take all my cold callers, everything I set up. I'm not doing it. It's no point. But for you out there that's not running any that aren't running any businesses right now, hit me up on Instagram or whatever YouTube comments. I'll get you in contact with CPAs um, if you are interested. So let me know. I'll, I'll help you out. I don't care. But there's no way I can do this, and this is really applicable 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 as well to my business, right? The agency, because. Say I'm selling digital marketing um, services to real estate investors, which is what I'm doing, right? There's real estate investors. So the real estate niche, there's real estate investors, there's realtors, there's um, development, and then there's rentals like Airbnb. It's even a waste of time for me to sell my services to realtors or new developments or Airbnb, people that need help in Airbnb. Even though it's in the real estate niche, it doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. If I tailor my services directly to real estate investors, that means I'm gonna have to rework my whole framework and all my processes, my CRM, all this stuff that I provide to my clients just to sign a realtor, right? 
if I have three whatever clients on retainer for in, in real estate investors and I have a realtor that comes up to me says hey I want to join your services look I don't sell my services for less than $2,500 a month um, so say you want to pay 3k a month three month minimum that's 9k in my pocket I wouldn't take it now I wouldn't of course before I, I would take it in a second of course free money but now I know I can't take it because just spending the bandwidth, the, the brain power and setting up this new system for realtors doesn't make sense when I can just niche down and focus on investors. So you really just have to pick one thing, niche as far down as possible and just hit super, super hard and just tunnel vision, nothing else. Your buddy's making money here, your buddy's making money there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. You need to focus on one thing and keep, even if you're not making money at first, keep hitting it hard because the only way I've never seen someone start five different businesses and then one ends up working out. It just never works. It never, never works. So there's a few other things I want to talk about as well. My phone might die. Um, what else? What else do we got here? Huh? That might actually be it. Maybe I covered everything. So hopefully you guys got the message that you shouldn't be um, distracted by these flashy objects. Really trying to pick something. Don't just give up too. I see a lot of people that start businesses, do it for a couple months and they don't make any money. Say for example, you start a digital marketing agency, right? And your niche is, um, I keep saying niche and niche in, in different contexts. I don't know why I do that. But your niche is... Uh, dentists, right? You're you're um, targeting dentists, and you do Facebook ads, right? So you do this for four months, and then you realize, uh, dentists, the niche is too saturated. Let me go to ophthalmologists. Four months is not enough. Saturated niches mean that I did it again. Niches, niches, um, mean that digital marketing services work. You just have to be better than your competitors. So. The more research that I've done and the more people I've talked to, it's the worst thing that you can do is if you're focusing on one niche for four months and then you just niche hop to something else because it, that's when it starts getting difficult. It's the worst thing you can do. But it applies for, for any business. Um, you know, in my experience with the ERC stuff and, and businesses and, um, you know, that I've worked on in the past, along with people that I see online, along with my colleagues, Everyone makes their, if you want to make real money, you just need to choose one thing. That's, that's the end of the day. Yeah. There's so many opportunities to make money in today's society. Honestly, if you can't make money online right now, I don't know what is wrong with you. You're mental. If you truly tried and put your time, like the last video was how do you make uh, 20 ways on how you can make money online. If you truly try to make money online right now and you can't figure it out, I can't help you. I don't know what to tell you. But everyone can. Everyone can make money online. There's so many ways to make money here and there. But we are going, uh, you know, the direction the economy is going. Everyone can make money in a bull market. But those people that are sloppy and lazy and people that don't put in the real work, they're going to get exposed. There was a quote that's like naked. I don't know. I forget exactly. But they're going to get absolutely exposed when the economy goes to shit. But. There's still so many ways to make money online. Just make sure you choose one and you're not just making little amounts of money. It's okay. If you want to make $1,000 here, $2,000 there, you can do that. But if you want to make real money, 
If you want to make, you know, in the seven figures, the eight figures, you have to choose one thing. Then you can branch out once you scale it up, hire an operator, and you can do something else. That's pretty much all I got today. I hope this is valuable. I appreciate if you watch this all the way through, but that is pretty much it. Um, some updates with the podcast. Next week, I'll bring on my first guest. I've got that all set up um, with Zoom and it's like a bunch of stuff with like sharing screens and stuff. So got that set up. Next week will be the first one. Um, as you can see, it's slightly better quality because I'm shooting on a camera, the new Canon, the EOS Mark II, whatever it is. I got some lights in here. Um, yeah, it's coming together a little bit. I have a light here. I have a bunch of lights in this room. I'm going to get some RGB lights. It's going to be a different background. It's starting to come together a little bit. I'm still trying to onboard an editor full time so I can shoot that long form stuff and, and chop up the short form. Um, yeah. I keep saying that I'm going to deliver this long form content to you guys about the crypto stuff, about the digital marketing. So, I mean, YouTube, to be completely transparent, YouTube is just not my priority right now. I come on here once a week and I do my 30 minutes of talking to the camera. And sometimes I stumble over my words because I'm new. I'm still getting comfortable with the camera and I only do it in one take. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my bandwidth to YouTube right now. I might add in that second video for the long form once I get a full editor on board because there's no way I'm doing my own editing or, or shorts, whatever, um, you know, any kind of production I'm not doing. It's just I'm be recording the camera and then someone else can chop it up for me. But yeah, I hope you guys found this valuable. Um, let me know in the comments below what you guys want me to talk about next. And again, next week, I'll be bringing on my first guest. So thank you guys again for your time and I will see you next week. Later.